Grace, strength to God's cleansed and forgiven people today in Jesus Christ. Amen. And God, sanctify my lips and all of our ears and hearts in the word today. Amen. Well, we're going to talk today about sorcery because we've been looking at Galatians chapter 5 and walking by the Spirit and not according to the works of the flesh. So let's read this in Galatians chapter 5, what Paul says. I say, walk by the Spirit, says Paul, and don't gratify the desires of the flesh. That's our sinful nature. Walk instead by the Holy Spirit. For the desires of the Spirit are flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. They are at war with each other, that is, to prevent you from doing what you would. But if you're led by the, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are plain. Fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, the next one is sorcery. So let's talk for a little while about sorcery. What do you think? Is sorcery real? Is there such a thing as witchcraft? Is there such a thing as necromancy and such things? What does God want us to know about sorcery, witchcraft, necromancy, magic, and such things? Is this just make-believe or is this real? Well, let's see what God would teach us about it today in his scriptures. First of all, what is sorcery? I'm just going to read some of the things I wrote down here. Um, could do them off the top of my head, but I, I wrote them, so I think I'll read some of them. It's sorcery is connecting with spirits or spiritual realms uh, in a way that is not of God. It is seeking a connection with spiritual power, but not in godly ways. It's witchcraft. Magic, necromancy. Who knows what necromancy is? That means conjuring up and connecting with the dead. With necro means uh, dead, so contacting the dead. It's also conjuring up spirits by incantations or spells, seeking to gain spiritual insight or knowledge into certain things, but not by the ways of God, but rather through divination, through reading omens and uh, augury and such things. It's delving into the unseen spiritual realms, going into those places, but not in the way that God wants you to go into them. It's having familiar spirits. You know what that is? What's a familiar spirit? It's having, you ever hear of spirit guides? People say, I have a spirit guide, and this guide talks with me. It's very big in a lot of circles, New Age especially. Familiar spirits, seeking to have a spirit you're familiar with, who helps you, in quotation marks, and gives you knowledge. So it's casting spells, it's secret arts, delving into the occult, which is a word that just means secret, hidden, uh, and other such ungodly things. This is sorcery. So, does God mention these kinds of things in his word, the scriptures? You tell me yes or no. Yes, he does. And what does he say about it? Answer, he categorically condemns it as evil and an abomination in his sight. And what does God want us to do about it? Answer, simply steer clear of it, my people, but rather be blameless before the Lord your God. So, in understanding steering clear of sorcery, let's, uh, let's look at a little bit of uh, sorcery in scriptures. Think I can find some examples for you? Let's turn over, for example, to uh, 
when Moses, remember he went to bring the people of Israel back out of, out of Egypt, and he goes to Pharaoh, and he has a staff. It says here uh, that Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did as the Lord commanded. Yahweh commanded, and Aaron cast down his rod, staff before Pharaoh and his servants, and it became a serpent, right? That was godly. That was God, what God gave him the power to do. Then we read, then Pharaoh summoned the wise men and the sorcerers, and they also, the magicians of Egypt, did the same by their secret arts. For every man cast down his rod, and they became snakes. So does that sound like there's some power in sorcery? I mean, this isn't like, you know, oh, here, let me pull an egg out from behind Dick's ear. You know, this is not sleight of hand. That's what we're, not what we're talking about. Although that has, falls into this too a bit. But it's about power. These guys were able to do this by their secret, occult, wicked, demonic arts. They did a similar type of miracle. Pick up more on that later. How about another one here? 1 Samuel chapter... Uh, 28. Remember, King Saul is uh, toward the end of his life. God's forsaken him because he was he was wicked. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And Saul inquired of the Lord, and the Lord didn't answer him either by dreams or by Urm or by prophets. Then Saul said, "Seek out for me a woman who's a medium. What is that? A witch." A medium is someone who goes between this world and the unseen spiritual that I may go to her and inquire of her, behold, there is a medium, and they said, behold, there is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself, and he went to the woman by night and said, divine for me a spirit. You know, bring him up, bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said, you know, Saul would kill me because, you know, he's cast out the mediums and the wizards. And Saul's like, don't worry, you won't be harmed. And then who shall I bring up, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up for me Samuel. And the, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, Why have you deceived me? You are Saul. So by her witchcraft, when she brought up Samuel out of the dead, she instantly knew, though the king was in disguise, you are the king. Wow. I mean, she's gaining insight here. And she really brings up Samuel. But was that a good idea for King Saul to do that? Not a good idea. Samuel comes up and just says, by tomorrow, this time, you and your sons will join me where I am. God's going to kill you in battle because you're wicked. Right? Here's another one. Um, Deuteronomy 18. Do you know that when God was bringing the people into the promised land, his word was to exterminate the whole promised land. Why? He says, There shall not be a found among you any who burns his son or his daughter as an offering to, you know, to a false demon god. Anyone who practices, div practices divination, a soothsayer, an auger, a sorcerer, a charmer, a medium, a wizard, or a necromancer. For whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. And it's because of these abominable practices that the Lord your God is driving them out before you. For the nations whom I'm sending you in to take their land, they give heed to augers and sorcerers and mediums and witches and such things. But as for you, the Lord God has not allowed you to do so. So think about that. Was there real witchcraft in the ancient days? Yes or no? Yes. How about in New Testament times? Do you think they were too advanced by then to have witchcraft around anymore? Well, we read here in uh, Acts chapter 13 that uh, 
Paul met a Jewish false prophet, a man who practiced magic. Of course, then Paul strikes him blind. We turn over here to Acts chapter 8, and there was a man in um, Samaria, when Philip went down there, a man named Simon who previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the nation of Samaria, saying that he was somebody great. So he was a practicer of magic. Probably not, again, just pulling a bunny out of a hat. I mean, he's doing witchcraft. He's a warlock. Um, you also have Acts chapter 16, if we turn over there. Remember at Philippi? They were going to the place of prayer. Paul was with his friend to evangelize. And he says, we were met there by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gained by soothsaying. She used to, you know, they wanted money to win at the roulette tables or whatever they had back in those days. And she'd go over there, do her special incantations and spells. And the spirit would tell her insider, you know, illegal insider trading information which was real information, and it was actually really working. They were making a lot of money off of this, but it was evil, evil. So, you know, this is all ancient times. It's the New Testament times, but happily, in our day and age, there's no such thing anymore as sorcery, necromancy, witchcraft. We know that that's all just really fake, right? Answer, no. It is absolutely everywhere, just as it was in ancient days, just packaged a little differently, sometimes by the devil, and sometimes the same exact passage as he, package as he used to use in old days. Can we look at some examples of sorcery in our day and age? Well, let me take a look here first. Okay, when I was in Maine in the early 1990s, um, we had a little Bible study at a person's house and a girl came there uh, a daughter of someone that came to our Bible study and we've been praying for her because she was involved in witchcraft spells very big in Maine amongst the high school teenagers and she was into spells and incantations we witnessed to her for several weeks finally after much prayer and witnessing she right before our eyes and I led her to it she renounced witchcraft and, and rebuked Satan and renounced everything she'd be doing and came to Jesus Christ for salvation but she'd been into this stuff it's really practiced uh, you could also look at books for example can you read that one Harry Potter, Harry Potter. and what does it say and the sorcerer's stone now, people say, oh, but it's so well written. Yeah, but it's also sorcery. And what does God say about sorcery? It's evil. It's wrong. Here's another one. I actually liked this book when I read it years ago. Lord of the Rings. Have you seen that movie? Very big, right? Who does that have as one of the heroes? Gandalf the wizard, remember? And he you know, goes with Sauron, the other wizard, and they have this great battle, this magic all over and books and so also on TV shows and old books like this is King Arthur and Merlin you notice how all the sorcerers are packaged to be looking like heroes are a lot of them that we see these days so there's Merlin what does Merlin do what's his job to protect Arthur by means of magic kings often had such surrounding them you have games packaged for people what's that one 
I hope you don't even know, it's, but you probably do. It's Ouija board, remember those things? Oh, it's by Mattel or whatever the company was. It's just a harmless little game, we'll have some fun, but you know what you're doing? Augury, divination, you're contacting spirits. And a lot of people have had experiences with these things where, my goodness, they found out this was not a game. It was real. I have a friend at seminary, uh, or, you know, a fellow student when I was at Concordia, LCMS pastor right now, he said he'd done this once when he was younger with some other friends, and he said, we shouldn't be doing this, but they said, oh, let's do it, it's no harm. So he went along with it. He wasn't as mature then. He said while they were having their hands over the Ouija board and doing some different things, he says that they were in a room like 30 feet high, so much higher than this room, it levitated and shot up to the top of the ceiling, he told me, personally. He said, went zoom, boom, smashed against the ceiling, and he stood up then rebuked the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. There's power in these things. It's all around us. How about this one? Magic eight ball. Oh, but it's just a piece of plastic. But what are you still doing? Oh, should I go to the, you know, prom, you know, should I go to the dress to prom tonight or with this person, this one? You ask it, you shake it up, and it gives you an answer. This is, again, a doorway. It's packaged for little kids. Stay away from that. Dungeons and Dragons, that was something from the 1980s in my day. I remember seeing students in my fifth grade class totally in, into this. It's about spirits. It's about magic. And a lot of people say that that is actually uh, real spirits, but it's put into a game. How about this one? Now you're going to get angry with me. You want to get angry with me? Well, maybe not, but I'm going to step on a toe. What is that? Disney's map. What kind of kingdom? Magic. Did I hear you say Magic Kingdom? Magic Kingdom. Now, don't shoot the piano player. I'm reading the music in the Bible. Magic. And when I was thinking about this, you know, it's like, oh, it's just kid stuff, and it's so nice, and it's so pleasant. But who was Mickey Mouse? Remember? The Sorcerer's Apprentice. What are we talking about today? Sorcery. Is sorcery something God likes? He says, it's evil and an abomination in my sight. But here's the little mouse. It looks very nice. When I thought about this, and studying for this message today, I thought about it. What movie has Disney ever made that doesn't have magic and sorcery and witchcraft in it? It was like Swiss Family Robinson. Was that made by then? Like, that might be the only one I can think of. Because I was just thinking about this. Little Mermaid. You have the evil, wicked, undersea witch. Beauty and the Beast, you have an enchantress. And by the way, most of the women or romances in a lot of these things are a girl or a boy falling in love with a half-creature, half-human, interestingly enough, which is, goes back to Baal worship and stuff. Sleeping Beauty, did that have witchcraft in it? Absolutely. How about Pocahontas? Talking to Grandmother Willow? You know, I'll go ask the willow tree. How about Aladdin? You have a genie. It just goes on and on. You know, they're happy little things. They got nice little ditties, nice little songs. Frozen, that's another one. She has powers of ice and snow and such things. Nice songs, but think about it. Witchcraft, sorcery, abomination, evil in God's sight. Beware, God says to his people. Here's one I grew up on and really loved at the time. What's that one? Who's that? You guys don't even know? I'm from a different generation, okay? <laughs> Star Wars, remember? Luke and Yoda. Okay, you remember it. You just can't see that far. Okay. Remember, 
I loved this scene where he's teaching him, you know, you, don't, you didn't do it because you don't believe, you didn't lift the X-wing fighter, but what are they learning in this planet? Sorcery, that's what Yoda's teaching Luke, is sorcery, to become a warlock, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he had all these things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's a blast from the past. But she was, you know, using magic. Also, you can go into the music industry. Here, who's this? I hope you didn't even know. ACDC? I never listened to them, but guess what? This band, I chose one that actually has said that they made a pact with the evil one, the devil, Satan, to get where they were. Do you know a lot of music that people listen to is filled with incantations and spells and demonic spiritual powers, and the bands have made pacts with dark spiritual forces in order to put this out on people. And what's the music do, by the way? It's designed to put you into a trance. Think about it. In, it has a particular beat to put you into an altered state. And guess what they do? Put you in a dark room, bring these guys out, put you the special music with the special type of words, and then they flash lights in your eyes. Flash lights in your eyes. They're putting you into an altered state of consciousness. Beware. You even have this guy. Someone got upset at me for saying this some years ago, but Bob Dylan. And I had to argue with someone. But if you look up, you can see the interview where he's talking to the guy in 60 Minutes. He admits, he says, they say, why are you still doing this after all these years? Bob Dylan said, because I'm keeping up my side of the contract. And the guy was a little unnerved. He's like, what contract and with whom, might I ask? He says, with the commander in unseen places to get where I am. And... This person said, well, he was just making a, a pact with God to get where he was. How many times do you know of a rock star making a pact with Yahweh, God, to perform rock music to become rich and famous world, famous rock star? Doesn't sound obvious, uh, doesn't sound possible to me. And then also, I'll just throw this one in there because this is very important. What is that? Can you read, see that? Drugs. Do you know what, when Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, beware of the works of the flesh, beware of sorcery. Do you know what the word in the Greek is for sorcery? Pharmakeia. Does that sound familiar to you? Pharmakeia, pharmacy. In ancient world, they did the same as what happens on Cape Canaveral, is they used drugs to get altered states of, content, uh, of consciousness. And so if you see anybody taking cocaine, crack, you know, or whatever type of drug it is that's illicit to gain another state of consciousness, that is sorcery. It's all around us in the world today, even in churches. You know, when I was in the Episcopal Church, uh, I got out of that, but that was the reason I got out of it because the Episcopal Church, a priest who came up to Maine from the Episcopal Divinity School, where he was the Dean of Admissions, his wife came up and started teaching the children at our church, St. Peter's in Rockland, Maine, no more Bible, we're going to have you contact your spirit guides. And so I said, I'm out of here. And I have an Episcopal priest I met down here who left the Episcopal church, met him a few years ago. He says at the Episcopal Divinity School, one of their professors is an avowed, outspoken witch. She doesn't even hide it. And they all think it's wonderful. So it's even in churches today, this kind of stuff. Why? Well, people seek higher spiritual experiences. Because God's designed that into us to want more than just the, this world. But guess what? God says, seek those things in me. 
in the clean ways, in the good ways, by worshiping me in my word and prayer and meditation on the word, but not in these forbidden ways, these dark secret ways, because they are opening your lives up to spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places that aim to destroy you. Amen? All right, so are these real powers or fake powers, do you think? Are they just getting into stuff that's just sort of, you know, I can listen to whatever rock band I want, or I can watch whatever movie I want. Is this just, you know, don't do these things, but there's no power in them? Well, friends, Moses cast his, his, thing, his staff on the ground and it became a serpent. They cast theirs down and they became serpents. There's power in these things. Not like God's, but there's power even so. The woman who was the spirit of divin, had the spirit of divination, she actually got her owners much gained by soothsaying. And, um, you know, in my early days, I thought I was doing something Christian by taking a class from a Native American guy. I thought, hey, Jesus worked miracles. Maybe I learned this is how he did it. I took a class and I saw this guy who I would label a sorcerer. I took a week-long class with him. And I was like three feet away from him, and we were out in, the, in a particular place in the, in the woods, and he bent down onto the sand, and he, say, and he goes like this. And he says, right front deer track, left you know, fox track. And he took a ruler in the sand and pulled it away down about one foot down under the ground and out appeared perfectly those two tracks as clear as day in the sand. There was dark around it and this tracks appeared so clear. He was reading tracks underground. But what did I do when I found out that this, this guy was not of God? I got out of there because that's evil and wicked. But there's power in these things. So what's God say to us to do about sorcery? He says, it's an abomination and evil in my sight. Remember, it's for these very reasons that God drove out the people from the promised land when he brought Joshua in. He says, exterminate them. Show them no mercy, for they give heed to sorcerers and dabblers and these kinds of things. And uh, God says, why should my people be uh, going after those who uh, you know, chirp and mutter, these prophets, these false teachers? Shouldn't they consult their God and Leviticus 20, verse 7, let's open there. You with me? Leviticus, no, you're not. <laughs> Leviticus 20, verse 27, friends. A man or a woman who is a medium or a wizard shall be put to death, says God. They shall be stoned with stones and their blood shall be upon them. And guess what? They will not inherit the kingdom of God. For Revelation 22, the very last page of the Bible says, Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right, the right to the tree of life, that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and the sorcerers and the fornicators and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So does this sound serious to you? What I'm sharing with you today is God says, be clean. Don't do any of these things. Be blameless. But what should we do if we're going to walk by the Spirit? God says, Seek spiritual things. Go deep into spiritual powers, but into my powers. Right? Spend time with me in worship. Spend time with me in the Word. Worship God. Worship Jesus Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know, when I learned some of those things on that class, do you know how the people gained power? By practicing those things, focusing on those things, meditating on those things. How do we gain more power as Christians? 
Focus on God. Be in the Word. Be in prayer. And don't just sit, well, sit on, our, on our cell phones all dry, right? Because God says, seek, go deep, and I will fill you with power. I will fill with you cleanliness. The powers of God make all the powers of sorcery as nothing. You know, when Moses cast his rod on the ground and they did the same, guess what happened right after that? Moses' rod goes over there, challenges them, and eats the other staffs. Then they do another miracle that God does. And then God just hits the afterburn and says, you think you can do this? And he takes off onto all these other miracles. And then the, the sorcerers for Pharaoh said, whoa, we can't touch this God. Pharaoh, you're on your own. No competition here. They could not do what Yahweh does. Paul walks up to the magician there and acts. And he says, you're making crooked the straight paths of the Lord. I strike you with blindness for the time. Boom. Or to that woman with the spirit of divination, come out of her. And it had to come out. Jesus says to you, I give you authority and power to tread upon serpents and scorpions that are under your feet. And over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall hurt you. But rejoice not in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but that your names are written in heaven. So there is power in you. And if you want spiritual things, God says, good, go for it. But go for them in the clean ways, in my ways, in my word, in prayer, in worship of me. And I will fill you with my Holy Spirit. And that's what I've designed you for. Not for sorcery, but for the worship of the one true God through Jesus Christ, who died for us and rose again. Amen. Last thing I'll say is this. You've got to know, and I've got to know, how much power is really in us. We are sons of the age to come, which is the world of great power. And Jesus has cleansed us from our sins to walk in clean and powerful ways. And when we die, and at the last day, when the sorcerers are kept outside the gates, God will say to you and me, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Redeemer, come and enter the city by my gates, for you are clean in Jesus Christ. So, Let's follow and worship the one true God and Jesus Christ, His Son. Amen.